as you stand, bring up your Bible with you and turn to the book of Acts of Apostles, chapter 3. The subject for our consideration today is the prophet that we need. The prophet that we need. Acts chapter 3, Acts of Apostles, chapter 3. My consideration is from verse 21 to 26, but I will read from verse 17 for the sake of context. You recall that the last time I was standing here, we were in verse 17 to 20, and I'm picking up from verse 21 to 26, but let me read from verse 17 down to verse 26. Let us read the word of God, verse 17. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of the prophets that his Christ will suffer, he has fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time of restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Moses said, the Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you. And it shall be that every soul that does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaim these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your father, saying to Abraham, and in your offspring shall all the families, in your offspring, not offsprings, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God, God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. The word of the Lord. Let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, who can dare stand before your holy presence, your all-seeing eye, to speak for you to your people whom you have redeemed from the world. It is but a daring enterprise to speak on your behalf to your people. But it is but a privilege because we know you use earthen vessels so that the excellency of the foolishness of the gospel may not rest with men, but with you alone. 
So we stand in awe of you. Myself and my brothers and sisters, we stand before your holy presence corporately, waiting for you to speak to us from the holy scriptures. Speak now, our God, and it will suffice. We are hungry people. We are desperate people. We are destitute. And we need you more than ever before. Speak, we listen, and open our ears, and let there be a washing, a circumcision of our hearts, and make it tender to the reception of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please, may you return to your seat. The subject again is the prophet that we need. Since I'm standing in Nigeria, the concept of prophet, prophetism is not strange to you. Many of you can define who a prophet is more than myself, rightly or wrongly. If I pass a microphone right, right now, you can share who a prophet is. How many of you have not met a prophet in your lifetime? Raise your hand. If you have never met a prophet, are you serious? One? Uh, but I no now. No now. If not see any prophet with uh, with no slippers. <laughs> the prophet that we need. My job this morning is to excuse me. Wow. Some of you that in this corner, I, I'm not sure if you can you are just dragging your neck like this. Should I move my pulpit? And if I move my pulpit, those who are that area will not see me. Okay. One day we'll get to a bigger place. Amen. 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 But bear with our situation at the moment. In the wilderness, Jesus, our Lord, was tempted by Satan. After 40 days of prayer and fasting. And the first temptation that Satan brought to Jesus is about food. And he told him, if you are a son of God, command these stones to be turned to bread for your satisfaction. And to that Jesus answered, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. The first Adam failed by eating. The second Adam succeeded by refraining from food. Somehow, when God made man, it is that our sustenance, the basic foundation of our sustenance, is his word. He, he comes down in the cool of the day, in the garden, and then he speaks to Adam. And, and that was his life. And when Adam fell, of course, and Eve, it is not the garden and the food that's, that was lost. Of course, the garden was lost. The beautiful garden was lost. But much more than the garden was that God 
was lost. The voice of God was no longer with them in, immediately. So from the time Adam fell and God came and pronounced judgment on them, it is now people hearing God through intermediaries. And you may call them prophets. The fact that we all need to hear God, this fact is a fact across board. You know that if you're not a Christian, you probably will be a Muslim or an adherent of African traditional religion. Both tribes, in almost all the tribes in Nigeria, have some form of deities. You recall that in all of our local religion, it is an evident, it is evident that we cannot really approach the divines by ourselves. Do we? Once your forefather became deify, uh, you can no longer speak to them. So you need uh, an, a medium, uh, a soothsayer, or a, a necromancer, a kind of a, a person that can speak into your life. So the job of those who call Babalao are many. Sometimes they, they give drugs. They are drugs prescription is based on what the gods might have informed them. If I'm sick, why am I sick? You need, uh, I was uh, speaking to someone recently about there's a young man that was having mental sickness in our community. So anytime I travel home, I'll see him moving around, talking to himself. So recently, I've not, I've not been seeing him and, and I was asking someone, I said, yeah, that boy is fine now. So whoa, what happened? So they took him to one native doctor and the natural say, oh, this sickness is simple. No, no medicine can cure this sickness. I mean, I heard. I wasn't there. Okay. Some, some of this story can be overstated. Uh, and he said, and he said, wife, confess to your husband and told your husband who owns this child. If you tell your husband who, who no, no, our own DNA is one hand. You know, you know they go to national hospital for any Christian DNA. And, and they say, the wife say, actually, uh, my husband is not your child. And the boy became well. You know, that's how the story goes. Uh, it's, there's a possibility. I mean, doctor, I'm not trying to spoil your ministry. It's just that there's, there's a possibility that some people can just tell some things. Uh, in, in Africa, nothing is impossible. Okay. So we two are running around to ask, will I live long? Will my business prosper? Will I have a job? Will I pass my uh, exams? Will I marry? Will I have a child? Who is after me? We, it is that we, even we that are not Christians, have these limitations of knowing things that are beyond us. So we seek for medium. Same thing in church. The Lord began to send prophets to uh, his people to speak to them because his people can no longer hear him for themselves by way of direct communication. Church, are you with me to this point, eh? Yes, so uh, that, is, that is the idea. A prophet, basically, is a one that speaks for God to the people. A prophet is like God's spokesperson, like an ambassador, like an emissary. Uh, and then the prophet, God speaks to the prophet. The, I'm talking about the prophet of the Old Testament. And then they come and speak to the people. 
Uh, and there are three key epochs in terms of the area of prof uh, prophetic activities that you may want to appreciate as we, as is seen in this scripture. You know, Peter mentioned Abraham. Uh, Abraham also was called a prophet in, in his own right. Uh, but as a prophet, he received the covenant that his offspring, his seed, his seed will come. And through his seed, the world will be blessed. You know, if you recall Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, God said, Abraham, through you, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And then you now turn to chapter 22 of the book of Genesis, and God now speaking to Abraham, he said, now I know that you fear me. Uh, your offspring, there's going to be an offspring. And through him, the whole world, the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And that happened on Mount Moriah. Hmm. Uh, so it's no longer Abraham blessing. It is Abraham blessing midwife through his offsprings. N not offsprings, his offspring, his son. That this particular son called the seed of the woman, uh, in that God spoke to Adam and Eve in chapter 3 of the book of Genesis, verse 15. And it, it, it continued to run through the entire Old Testament. And then Moses came. Moses was a type of Jesus. And also as a prophet, he gave us the five first books of the Bible. And in chapter 18 of the book of Deuteronomy, God promised Moses, recall, when they came to the Mount Sinai, the, the intention of Yahweh is that he will write his laws upon their hearts. But they came to the mountain of God and their own limitations prevented them from hearing God. God came down in his fullness and they ran away. And they told Moses, I beg, you talk to God, God talk to you, whatever, whatever God spoke to you, we will do. And and God, and, Mo, and God promised Moses that don't worry, after you, I will raise a prophet like you. And that prophet will speak to these people and him, they will listen. And anyone that will not listen to him shall be destroyed from among his people. That's in Deuteronomy chapter 18. That's what Peter is quoting in Acts chapter 3. And then, as far as the Bible is concerned, from Samuel, all the way, the rest of the prophets, are rolled into one. Okay, the book of the prophets in the Old Testament are divided into two, the later prophet, the latter and the former uh, prophet. So, because how, how is the book of 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, a prophetic book? It is that even the narrative in the Old Testament are written through the lens of the prophetics, pointing to the Messiah that, he, that, that is to come. <clears throat> that is the point that Peter is trying to drive out uh, here. And look at First Peter chapter 1, verse 11. First Peter chapter 1, verse 11 to 12 said, uh, the prophet, they said they were inquiring what person or time the spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the suffering of Christ, referring to the prophet, and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. 
So it was the spirit of Jesus that was working in the heart of the Old Testament prophet. The Old Testament prophets were not just prophets running around telling people their tomorrows. They were prophets specifically speaking to Israel but pointing to the Messiah. They were prophets helping Israel to wait for the Messiah and hopefully identify him when he comes. The entire prophetic ministry of the Old Testament makes sense because it points to Christ. Christ is not one of the prophets. Christ is the prophet. All the prophets of the Bible subsumes into him. And he is the prophet of God, the prophet of the Bible. All the words that the prophets of the Old Testament speak to the people came through the mediation of Christ in their hearts. And then they speak pointing to him. There are a lot I can say about Jesus. There are three offices of Christ. Uh, there is, is the priest, is the king, and prophet. There are three offices of Christ, the prophet, priest, and king. You can refer to some of our past sermon for clarity. Okay. But because of time, let me talk about him being a prophet. You recall that Islam also believed that Christ is a, a prophet. Let me explain what Peter is saying in his sermon. So clearly, what Peter is saying that Jesus is the prophet, is that prophet who will now speak the word of God to his people and to him all of us must listen. There are three things he wants us to learn about this prophet. Three things that distinguishes this prophet from any other prophet. One, it is seen in his ascension. His ascension. Look at verse 21. Whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Every other prophet lived, died, and was buried. This Jesus, in verse 26, was raised from the dead and is now seated in heaven, the right hand of the, God's majesty. He is the living prophet speaking uh, to his church. So he's living there. He's, he's, he's living bodily in heaven, not as a phantom. He's living bodily in heaven. And he was received to heaven by his father, waiting for the consummation or the restoration of all things. So he's not just a prophet. He's not in the line of prophet. He is the prophet. And I think he is the terminus of all prophetic activity. And the question that will naturally comes to your mind is that, why is he in heaven to the restoration of all things? What things to be restored? And this is the Achilles heels of many pastors, you know. Of course, there are some cults that have some weird beliefs about this restoration of all things. Is Jehovah's Witness teaches that there are 144,000 people that will be in heaven. And then God is selecting them. Incidentally, most of those 144,000 people are in Jehovah's uh, Witness cycle. Christ has come way, 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 way back. That has been sorted out. No. I think the last time I checked, 
they are still about 136,000. I think they have gotten the numbers now. I don't know. So the rest of us now, just buy their books and come into the kingdom. This kingdom. If you are sympathetic to their cause and then you are following the Jehovah Witness way, you will be allowed into this kingdom. But those who are going to be saved are 144,000. I think God has had the number already. The rest of us, sorry. Uh, but <laughs> let's just buy their books and then we see how far they can allow us to enjoy the leftovers. The church of latter day uh, called the, the Mormon church, Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith believes that this restoration of all things is his own ministry. He said he's the one that holds the keys to all the mysteries that have been hid from Adam till now. That if you, of course, you don't know what is Mormon church, it's in Nyanya. If you are going to Nyanya today, before, after, the Mopo checkpoint to your left. If you are heading to Nasarawa State, the church is there. They don't write this Mormon church. They say the church of Jesus Christ of the latter days. Beautiful name. But there you will understand that the priesthood had been restored. Uh, you can marry plenty of wives. You can do a lot of things. All because when all these things are done, Christ will not come back. If you are of the other stock, for instance, I was reading Benny Hinn's, uh, oh, Benny Hinn, yes, uh, his own thoughts, and uh, the, those who are pro-Jews. There's about five things that should happen before Jesus Christ come back. One is the restoration of the Jewish state, the rise of Russia, the rise of European uh, government and the Antichrist, the, the universal worldwide uh, wickedness, there will be lawlessness around the world, and there will be great salvation. There will be revival around the world. You see, when these things are done, Christ will come back. But we don't need to speculate much. The text itself, if you look at it, what does it mean by Christ must be received to heaven until the restoration of all things? It simply means that through the preaching of the gospel, God is harvesting his people to his kingdom. And Jesus, speaking in Matthew chapter 24, says, The gospel of this kingdom shall be preached to all nations, then shall the end come. So at the moment, Christ is waiting, is reigning in heaven, and then Paul Peter is calling Israel to come to faith in Christ Jesus. And this prophet is like no other. There's no other prophet somewhere calling people to salvation, there is no any other prophet sitting somewhere calling people to faith. It is Christ. It is Christ. He was raised bodily from the grave. Is now in heaven. All other prophets are in the grave now. Secondly, this prophet is exclusive. It's exclusive. And Moses speaking about this prophet. And and. Abraham, Moses, Samuel, all the work of God in the Old Testament, it belongs to this prophet. And, and that can be seen as an arrogance, but it is. Christ is exclusive. There's none like Christ. How dare you say that every prophecy in the Bible is about Christ? It is about him. It is him that gives the entire Bible his meaning. Christ, this prophet, is the one that God speaks through. It is through him alone that God speaks after the fall. Always, he has always been the spokesperson of God. 
It is him that must listen. Look at what the Bible says. It said, you shall listen to him in whatever he tells you. You can't speak that about any human prophet, isn't it? You can't put your money into the bank and bet that whatever a Nigerian prophet tells you, you should do. But this prophet is so unique that God placed upon him a high premium and he said concerning Jesus that whatever he tells us, we should do. And if anyone will not listen to him, that person shall be destroyed. That shall is emphatic. You see that in verse 22, 23, and 24. And all the prophets who are spoken from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaim these days the days of Jesus Christ. It is through him, verse 26, it is through him that all nations shall be blessed. He is the one that will turn the world back to God. He is this prophet, and there's none like him. He is exclusive. His exclusivity, the exclusivity of Christ is the theme of the Bible. He is not in the league of any other prophet or, or savior. He is the alone savior. He is the alone prophet. That office belongs to him. There is no any human office called the office of the prophet. The office of the prophet is the office of Christ. He holds that office exclusively. He's not sharing it with anybody. In the first place, we look at this prophet Jesus as being distinct from other prophets by his ascension. And we look at his distinction by his exclusivity. And in the third place, we look at this prophet uh, and notice that uh, he's different from other prophets by the blessings that he carries. Look at verse 26. God, having raised up his servant, that Jesus, sent, from, sent, sent him to you first. He came to the Jews first. He came to the Jews first. Salvation of the Gentiles were not a second, it's not an afterthought. It's not a second program. There's after G the Jews rejected Jesus, they said, okay, go, go to these black people and see whether they were. No, no, no. It has always been a, a plan of God that through the seed of the woman, i.e., the offspring of Abraham, i.e., the prophet after the order of Moses, through him, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And this blessing is not in two or three or four is in the remissions of sin by turning every one of you from your wickedness now how is it that forgiveness of sins is seen as a blessing you know how many of you will go to your village during christmas you know if you go to your village church during christmas they'll be so happy they say abuja people you know this Abuja that we are looking at it like a small thing. There are some village you will go. They say they are from Abuja. They'll be looking at you like you are from uh, um, Jacob. Are you with me? You know what I'm talking about. They say Abuja people have come. And then on Sunday, they'll give you the, the, the priority. And some want to do thanksgiving and share testimony. Particularly if you come home with a car. And then there will be blessing. And then 
they you drop offering. Maybe this church used to have 1,350 naira as offering. And then Abuja people, they are dropping 5K, 10K in the offering. They, you can see the pastor living in heaven, at least for one day. But can you imagine you came back to the village with normal t shirt no car, no wife, nothing. You didn't carry any goods, no cow, nothing, nothing. You didn't, you didn't appear in church in the village. Praise the Lord, I want to give testimony. He said, oh, okay. Then I said, I'm so happy. Do you know I left this village not saved? I'm back to this village now saved. I am born again. Hallelujah. People will be waiting for the next, the real testimony. Isn't it? And then you now say, okay, that is my testimony. They say, ah. She didn't be told you that that family of Okonkwa is cast. <laughs> How can, look at your meat. So, hey, so, yeah. So your son went to Abuja to do church. Church in for village. And many of us, we don't really see our salvation as a blessing. Sometimes we see it as one of the blessings. You know, God gave me car, God gave me wife, then he also saved me. You know, he also saved me. As if he just, by the way, I was saved. And in fact, some of you even add, I was saved because I was good enough to be saved. Such an arrogance. By turning away his people, the issue between God and Israel is that they are not following him. And they could not do so because of the hardness of hearts. And God sent his son to them first. Born of the Virgin Mary. Suffered under Pontius Pilate. Died and was buried. After three days he was raised bodily. And he appeared to many people in Jerusalem. And they saw him. And he spoke to them. You recall the high priest at one point in time sent some soldiers to arrest him. And the soldiers came back empty-handed. And they said, where is he? He said, nobody speaks like this man. He talks. Our Lord speaks so eloquently. He speaks powerfully. He speaks convincingly. He was not like any other prophet. He was not like any other teacher. He brought the blessings of remissions of sin on his wings. But much more than that, this blessing is in twofold. One is that when Israel come to Christ and when we, by implication, come to Christ, our sins are washed away. There is um, a, a wiping away of our sins. But much more than that, there is a righteousness that is given to us as a gift from God. Salvation is in two sense. One is that your sins are being forgiven. But if God forgives your sin and let you go, you will sin again, isn't it? That he pardon your sin and then there's an imputation of righteousness in you. So that God look on you as a righteous person, even though you were not righteous. So this prophet is a living prophet. He lives forever. He lives in heaven. He, he ascended into heaven bodily. They saw him. He didn't disappear. They saw him leaving this earth physically. And the angel said, as you see him leave, in like manner, he will return back. Secondly, this prophet is exclusive. He has always been the prophet. 
in the in the economy of Godhead, the one that speaks among the three is Christ. Is the one that always speaks. It is his spirit that always speaks in the heart of all the prophets and the points all to him. It's not, it's not the issue of pride. He belongs, he, he earns it. He is God. By him all things were made. Visible things and invisible things. He is not usurping that authority. He earns it by the fact of his divine generation and by the fact of his obedience to his father, his death, his burial, his resurrection and ascension. He speaks. He is exclusive. He is exclusive. It is through him God speaks. It is through him the blessings of nations come. And also he comes with blessing. He's not a prophet with mouth. It's a prophet with blessing. And that blessing is the forgiveness of sin. There is no any other prophet that can forgive sins. How many of, how many of your prophets can, for, can forgive sin? How I wish they can forgive sin. Just go to them, drop 10,000 naira. It's okay. You are free. Of course, some of them, they try sometimes. Say, eh, if you want to... It's, 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 no. it's only Christ that can forgive sins. Amen. Let me share a few things from my heart and from the by implication. See, brothers and sisters, Jesus is the final word. Jesus is the final word of God. You must listen to him. You can no longer claim ignorance about this. Peter said you did it in ignorance. But now that ignorance can no longer be a thing. It is clear enough. Hebrews 1 verse 1. Long time ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is a radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than others. Christ has spoken to us by himself and by the apostles and we have his word in our heart in our hand today we must listen to him we must listen to him secondly if we don't listen to jesus and we are listening to other things there are consequences isn't it the book of um hebrews i think hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 let me read quickly he said, if you go on sinning deliberately, after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Verse 28. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witness, witnesses. How much, much, how much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God 
and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the spirit of grace. For we know him who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. If you choose not to listen to Christ, if you choose to listen to stories, to fables, if you choose to listen to mediums, to listen to witch, witches and wizards in suits, if you choose to listen to the voice of our traditions, if you choose to listen to the voice of, of some prophet here and there, and choose not to listen to the word of Christ, Arsus Prow says, it is part of those things that is called unpardonable sin. He explains. You know, he said before Christ went to the cross, he said, if you sin against the Son of Man, shall be forgiven, isn't it? If you sin against God, shall be forgiven. But if you sin against the Holy Spirit, shall be forgiven. He said, it's up to the point of his death and resurrection. After his death and resurrection, the unpardonable sin is what? Is what? Is you deliberately rejecting Christ? He said, He that set aside the law of Moses die are, are three witnesses. He said, How do you think it will be for those who set aside the Son of God? You cannot claim ignorance. Many of us, when we move around, waka 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 up and down to see prophet, we know what we are doing is not right. It's just that we like it. How many of you, I mean, in my idle moment, you see some skits on, on the Facebook. You can see how they use prophet now to do. Have you seen me before? Did I know you before? You know? What kind of nonsense can that be in the house of God? The prophet of the Old Testament speak about Jesus, about Jesus alone. Their job was to call people back to God, not to themselves. There's no prophet in the Bible walking around with security guards so powerful. I don't have time to be in your business, but you know what you are doing. But the question is that, how do I listen to the voice of Jesus, my prophet? At least from today now, if they ask you who is your prophet, what will be your answer? You know, they say everybody need a prophet. That, that is a, they say everybody, who is your prophet? They say who is your cover? Which can cover? Who is your, what are they called? Who is your spiritual uh, cover? Cover. Cover. A born again Christian with the residency of the Holy Spirit is going around to ask Christians for direction. When Jesus said, when the Spirit comes, he will lead you to where? To all truth. So you will, of, of course you are not even saved. If you are saved, you will know. With your saved person, sit down before one woman who is a, even a divorcee, telling you the mind of God. When the mind of God is here, the whole mind of God for your life is where? It's in the scriptures. And by the help of the Holy Spirit, you are guided. Beloved, you are, you are being guided by the Holy Spirit through the word of God. How do I know my prophet? It's laid out for you. 
in the scripture. On the hill far away stood the old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. The cross is so I cherish the old rugged cross. Look to the cross. That's where your prophet is. Your prophet is, is the one that hung on the cross. But much more than that, your prophet is the man that is now seated at the right hand of the father. If you listen to him, you will do well. And then if you ask me where can his words be found, it's found in all of the scriptures. Not in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Somebody was speaking yesterday. He said, Paul was mistaken. That is, that is he said, Paul did mistake. And he was talking about women uh, pastors. And he said, how dare Paul say women should not be pastors of the church? And I'm, I'm not even referring to your post, but I saw another one. And he said, when Jesus was raised from the dead, who was the first person that saw him? A woman. And he told the woman, go and tell my uh, uh, Peters that I have risen. As far as that pastor is concerned, that is calling into ministry. That is preaching to... So the woman was, even a, was the one that preached to the apostles. And if a woman can preach to the apostles, who are you? That they cannot preach to you. So Paul was wrong. If you must do well in hearing this prophet, every single word in the Bible is the word of Christ. You can't pick and choose. Okay, this is Paul. Oh, this is Samuel. Oh, that is David talking. Oh, that was uh, Bartholomew talking. And this is Jesus talking. If you have any Bible with red letter shading, throw it away. All the words of the Bible is the word of God. The Bible does not contain the word of God. The Bible is the word of God. It does not the Bible contain the word of Satan. It contains the word of man. It contains the word of Jesus. It contains the word of God. It contains the word of the Holy Spirit. I mean, we, we go school. We go school. The Bible is the word of God. You will do well. It will listen to the Bible by the help of the Holy Spirit. Of course, your question is that ah, this Pastor Butu has confused us today. What about the prophets today? We don't have one here anyway. So, which one are you asking? By the end of the month, when we are doing Q&A, you can bring that question. To, but let me just few things about the prophet today. So, there's a prophet. Anyway, prophet means a man speaking for, for what? For God, isn't it? What am I doing this morning? I'm speaking what to you? Our church fathers see the word of God preached as prophecy. The Bible itself says this word is the word of what? Prophecy. But the issue that is troubling is that, okay, I understand. But how do I know how long I will live on earth? How do I know if I should invest my money in MM or in... How do I know if this lady that I like is my God-sent assignment wife? How do I know this is a ministry wife? How do I know... How do I know who is pursuing me? Last night I saw myself being pursued by a masquerade. How do I know the identity of my one of my neighbors who is coming after me? And that's where your issue are. 
how do I know if I will have children? How do I know if I will not have children? So now, those practical issues, I need a prophet that will tell me what to do. And most often than on, those prophets will tell you, there's no way you go to a prophet and they will not tell you something, isn't it? So they'll tell you, it's your grandmother. And they'll tell you, it's your wife, mother, mother. Or they'll tell you, oh, you used to be a Muslim. And your name is uh, uh, Raufuddin. And Raufuddin in the realm of the spirit means you'll be, wind will be carrying your money up and down. So let's change your name from Raufuddin to, to Peter. And there are all kinds of rigmarole that we have been thrown into. Also, I'll tell you, hey, this, these are not the concerns of the scriptures. Now, if you know Bible well, whatever question you are looking at can be found here, isn't it? Yes. Can be found here. The Bible will not want, will not tell you when, when you are going to die. That is not the concerns of the Bible. We will die. That is the, that is the, we will die, isn't it? We will die. Today, tomorrow, next year, 50 years from now, we will die inevitably. But as you pray to God, as you read this word, you can have a leading to do things in his house. I don't think you need a man who will be guiding you, giving you instructions uh, on this, on this, on that. I mean, I don't want to waste your time on that today. Okay, you can talk to me later. And But the point of my sermon today is this. There's the church have a prophet over his house. Jesus Christ, the Savior. If we listen to him, we will do well in life. We will do well in our journey to Zion. May we listen to him. Amen. Father, let it be our testimony that we are those who are listening to you through your word. In Jesus' name.